Hello, and welcome to the Scriptures Are Real podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about elements in the scriptures that have become real to us because we believe the more real they are to us, the more power we can draw from them, and we need that power in our lives today. I'm your host, Kerry Mielstein, and I'm so grateful to have with me my my good friend and, and former student, uh, Raylan Tessier. Am I saying that right now? I can't remember. Yes, yeah, yeah you're right. I was about to say Raylan Rogers. That was her name when she was first my student, but it's not been that name for a while. Um, Raylan was a student of mine the very first semester I taught in the Jerusalem Center. Uh, she was there on the nursing program uh, that uh, was a fantastic program and, and worked with me in a small committee that helped with the field trips and uh, just became very close with my family. So since then, we've stayed in touch and we've done things here in Provo. I've uh, we've, my, we've been up to her place or her parents' place in uh, Wyoming and even my whole extended family and so on. Uh, but we've just uh, stayed in touch because she's such a remarkable pro- person. She um, continues to work as a nurse. And uh, I'm just excited to hear from her. So welcome, Raylan. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. This is great. (laughs) So tell us a little bit more about yourself. What else should we know? Um, Yeah, I went to Jerusalem, the BYU Jerusalem Center in 2010 um, during my nursing program. And that was amazing. It was really an incredible experience. I actually really love going as a nurse because we got to see another side of things than um, a usual student did. And that was really profound to just yeah you you were delivering babies like uh, there with that red crescent up and things like that weren't you and yeah yeah it was really really cool um and right now I'm a mom baby nurse and um so when I have when I take care of you know Arab patients or even I don't know if I've had a Jewish patient but anyways when I when I take care of them I'm like oh my gosh it's my people like this is so fun (laughs) so that's really exciting and to better know the culture that way and, and what they're expecting if I can yeah I really appreciate it so is a good part of my career yeah wonderful so wonderful well uh, anything else um currently we're living in wyoming that's where i'm from from star valley we grew i grew up here um and yeah i don't know what else to share but (laughs) but but nursing in provo so drive every now and then i am nursing in provo that's where i've worked for the last almost 10 years it'll be 10 years in april so that's wow. been incredible and I love it there and I I don't mind driving to, to keep working there so it's been great oh good so, yep good good so today we're going to talk about uh, some of uh, the places that uh, Raylan went that helped make the Savior more real in particular we're going to focus on Capernaum and some experiences that she had there that uh, made the the uh, Savior and the miracles he can work more real in her life and we'll discuss uh, those miracles and healing power a little bit more in depth. Well, uh, as I've talked with Raylan, I know that there are a number of, of uh, times the scriptures have become real to her, and we'll, we'll maybe talk about just one today, or I, I don't know, we'll see where we go. But uh, there are some things that have become very real to you, Raylan. Why don't you share them with us? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So um, yeah, our experience in Jerusalem was incredible, and it's hard to even ever pick one favorite thing that happened there. Um, but as I was pondering, um, one, like a particular day did come to mind that was really profound and was really amazing. So I'd love to just kind of share about how that day went. Um, we were up in the Galilee area and we had, um, I don't even know if I was fully prepared for this day because there were so many incredible places we went to go see. Mm -hmm. And I think that played into kind of my 
like a profound experience that I had that day, but we were staying at the kibbutz and Gev and we started off the day, um, riding on a boat across the sea of Galilee. Um, that was magical and amazing. And, um, so we just, yeah, rode across the, the lake and we took pictures and, uh, we had a devotional in the middle of the lake. We talked about, um, Peter walking on water and the savior walking on water and, um, talked a little bit about that, that whole experience and that story. And also talked about the savior, um, calming the sea when he was sleeping and the apostles woke him up cause they were terrified of the, <laughs> the sea and yeah. just, yeah, talked about that. And, um, that was really cool to just see, to be there. And the Galilee area is beautiful. It probably is my favorite place of all of the whole experience we had there, but yeah. Well, um, yeah, we started off uh, going over those things. And then next we went to the Mount of Beatitudes and we went to the church there. Um, and we talked about the Beatitudes and how we can apply those things into our life, those teachings and how we can become better people that way. And there's a really pretty church there and it looks over the Sea of Galilee and um, there's a beautiful garden there. I remember the gardens and the roses and flowers and it was just really pretty um and then we next went to um saint peter's primacy and mm -hmm. that is where um the resurrected lord appeared to the apostles mm -hmm. and um a really cool church and we just talked about that um experience so like just experience after experience after experience like whoa there's so many cool things that are happening here but um then we also talked about um we went like it's near the the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee, and we talked about when the apostles um, cast the net on the other side and um, got so many more fish. And one thing I wrote in my journal, which I had forgotten, we talked about, but we um, talked about how we can be doing all of the right things. Like you know, we're going out fishing, we have good nets, we have good skills, whatever, and we can be doing all the right things, but just a little change and a little guidance from the savior and from the spirit can make all the difference. And then we can mm -hmm. have just a huge catch of fish, which was really cool. Um, yeah, I really liked that point. I had never thought of that before and I, I'm glad I wrote it down so I could remember that, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then we went to the Tabga church. Yeah. Um, that's where Jesus fed the 5,000. He fed them the five loaves and two fishes. And they have a cool mosaic there um, of that at the church. And I, you know, like a lot of people got a little plate that has it on there. And <laughs> yeah. my daughter, Alexia, loves that that uh, mosaic. And, and we have like several copies of that plate around for her. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I love it too. So um, just talk about that experience and how cool that was. Um, and then, then we went to Capernaum and this was like the climax. So I think I wasn't ready for the day because of, there was just so many miracles from the Savior's life that I was like, whoa, this is incredible. But yeah. we go to Capernaum and Capernaum is just a really special place and there's a special spirit there. And I, I just, I wasn't anticipating that necessarily. Um, cause I don't think I fully understood when you go to Jerusalem and you see the sites, things become so much more real because you're just, I don't know, you're seeing the things that the savior would have seen yeah. and you're in the places and, and it's kind of like, okay, well, there's this cool story here and there's this cool story here, 
But um, when you're actually in the place, it's like, oh, there's these real, there's these 10 cool stories here. And you're like, whoa, like, that's incredible. Um, <clears throat> so that was my experience there. So Acapernaum, um, the savior, he did a lot of miracles. I wrote down a few of them, but he cast out an unclean spirit. He here, he healed Peter's mother-in-law. Um, he healed the nobleman's son and the Roman centurion servant. And he, um, raised Jairus's daughter from the dead. And that's the story with the woman, um, with the issue of blood that touched the savior's garment and was healed. And yeah. that's one of my favorite stories in the whole, in all of the scriptures. Um, and he also taught in the synagogue there and just, he did a lot there. Yes. So I just remember there. Yeah. Um, hearing about all these things we were reading about them and having like little devotionals with you and brother Judd and, um, I just remember, and plus all those other miracles that had happened. And I just remember thinking like, it would have been so incredible to have been here during that time. And I remember thinking, um, at the time when I was in Jerusalem, I was kind of, um, that I was going through some mental and emotional healing, um, just from past stuff. And so that was really strong on my mind. And I just was thinking like, I would have loved to have walked with Jesus and been healed. Like, I would have loved to have been present and that would have been so cool. And I know that if I had touched him, he would have healed me. Or if I would have, you know, um, asked, he would have gladly healed me. And I know that he, I had like, I have a testimony that he can do that. He could have done that. And um, kind of reflecting like, well, I wish I would have been there. And then I just had this profound um, inspiration from the spirit and, and lesson from the spirit, just that, I did not have, I don't have to have been there at that time. Like he still is a healing savior today mm. and he still is healing me. He can heal me and he is healing me and he will continue to heal me and help me um, every day, especially when I'm asking and seeking and needing that. And so it was just a really cool experience that, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have to be there at that time because he's a living savior today. Um, and so I can still have those same miracles in my life. And it was so profound and moving and touching. And I still remember my feelings from, you know, 13 years ago, um, then now, and it was just really incredible. So uh, that was that's experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. And, and touches on, uh, a, a subject I think is, is worth spending a moment on and especially with a, a nurse who is a healer, um, I've been thinking about this quite a bit lately, uh, especially where we have, I, I mean, I think I mean, there's always been pain in the world, but it just seems like there's more pain now than ever. And I don't, there, there's more anxiety, more depression and COVID kind of spiked that. And there's just all sorts of stuff going on. And there's, there's certainly always been pain. Um, and uh, as I've been talking with uh, different people about their testimony of Christ, and I think a lot of people have uh a testimony of Christ as their redeemer, um, someone who will save them uh, from sin and death. Uh, although I, I also find actually a number of uh, youth, uh, if I ask them what it means to have a testimony of Christ as their redeemer, they, they don't know. They say, well, he's my best friend. And so we need to do better at teaching young people what it means to be redeemed. I mean, I'm glad he's the savior is their friend, but uh, they need to know what it means to be redeemed. Uh, but a lot of, of people have a testimony of that. A lot of people 
are starting to gain a testimony of Christ, uh, the I'd say the enabling or sanctifying power of his atoning sacrifice, that he can change us, that he can can give us power. And President Nelson's been talking about that greater access we have to that enabling power once we make covenants, right? So he can he can change us and he can uh, uh, help us become more. But we don't very often talk about the Savior uh, as, as a healer and have a testimony of the Savior as someone who arises with healing in his wings, which has become one of my favorite phrases. Um, someone who uh, just really uh, has, I, I love it, arises with healing in his wings. Um, we forget his ability to heal anything. Now, that doesn't mean it will always happen instantaneously. And in fact, most of the time it won't. And I know that uh, that I've been praying for people that I love uh, to, to have faster healing than is happening, but I still see healing, right? And um, and I'll also say that that in my ward, uh, I've been moved so strongly sometimes as I, I look at the congregation to just pray for their healing. Um, and that can be spiritual healing, and that touches on redemption. Uh, that can be um, emotional healing. In some ways, that touches on enabling and so on. But um, the ability to be made whole, to have everything set right and made whole and healed by Christ is something we should be profoundly, profoundly grateful for. And as President Nelson has said, you know, we should be seeking for and expecting miracles. And so when I think of what you said, you know, at the City of Miracles, sometimes we call Capernaum, um, it's uh, what a fantastic place to receive that message. And then thank you, Ray Lynn, for being willing to then share that message with uh, others like you are right now that you didn't have to be there with Savior, with the Savior, or with Jesus uh, at the time he was walking there in his mortal ministry to experience his healing miracles. And and you don't even have to be there today, although it's nice to be there today. But, um, but you can be in Wyoming or Provo or Bangladesh uh, or uh, uh, Cochabamba or wherever you want to be. Uh, and his healing miracle can still and will still take place in your life in his own timing and in his own way, but it will take place. So uh, I think that's powerful. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to kind of uh, take over that conversation for a minute, but but uh, you just touched on something that's, that's uh, really powerful to me. So thank you. No, that's perfect. Yeah. I think that um, this, like the side of the atonement that we all need to learn about and I've been trying to learn about is not only that he forgives us for our sins, but that same thing that um, through his atonement, we can be healed and through his atonement, we can access his grace and we can become better than we could ever be by ourselves. And that there's so many, there's even more aspects of the atonement. I don't understand Yeah, thing that I've been trying to, to learn and focus on and apply into my life. So, yeah. And, and really literally thank God for that gift from his son, uh, that he is a healer. Yeah, exactly. And also we're grateful for nurses who are also healers. So thank you for that. Well, we do our best, but it is also helpful that the, that the Savior is there to help all the other parts of it too. So Yeah, yeah. And Capernaum really is a special place and partially because you do get to think of the miracle worker uh, Jesus and be reminded that miracles are still real today. So exactly. Yeah. It's a, in my journal, I wrote down that it's a healing city and, uh, yeah, my, 
I think that's true, but I'm grateful that the savior healed so many there so we could learn from that. And that I'm, I'm truly grateful that he continues to heal us today because we need it. Like you said, there are so many, there's so much suffering and pain and heartache and so many things we all need help and healing from. So that's great that we can access that. And it's not, it wasn't just during that time when he was walking here. It's, it extends beyond that before and after and forever. Uh, so well said. So now you've reminded me of another story that maybe I'll, I'll share. Um, so we can take that from, uh, I, I love that phrase, a healing city. I, I'm going to use that. I, I, we're going to quote from your journal the next time I'm there, but uh, it's a healing city. But that reminded me of a story. Uh, so we're now going to get this like third hand or fourth hand uh, or so on. But it's a story my my wife told me that she heard from a, a person who had moved into a ward um, and moved there because she hadn't wanted to move there. It was some tough stuff going on in her life, and she'd uh, moved in and was a little nervous to be meeting uh, new people because of the the difficult circumstances that had uh, precipitated her move. Um, and and then just felt uh, just so welcome. I, I think it was in Relief Society that she was having this experience and feeling so welcome and, and noticed that people were talking about uh, – things in their lives in a more vulnerable and, and uh, open way uh, than we often uh, see. And uh, and uh, she was kind of talking to the person she was sitting next to and getting to know her and, and uh, remarked something on that. And this uh, woman said something to the effect of, um, well, we're a healing ward. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not saying that we need to all go and say all the hardest things that ever happened to us uh, every meeting that we go to, but, uh, but there is something to being, uh, among a group that aren't going to, to, uh, think ill of us because, uh, we have difficult things to go through and that are going to welcome us for who we are and help us heal. And so I hope that not only will Capernaum be the healing city, but every ward is a healing ward and each one of us can do at least our part to make our ward a healing ward and our home a healing home and uh, and our lives a healing life. Uh, and uh, and that way, then we'll, we'll certainly, to go back to your Sermon on the Mount reference, uh, we'll be holding up the light that is the Savior. Uh, and uh, as we try and bring people to the Savior so that he can really heal them in ways that we can't. So, well, thank you, Raylan. Uh, so grateful for uh, your willingness to share that with us. And I, I think that uh, real stories from real people about the real scriptures uh, are part of what uh, helps us access the both redeeming, enabling, and healing power of Jesus Christ. So uh, we can both testify that it's real. And uh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.